0: matter don't you think you know every day when uh, I get ready to, to leave the house I'll go find Diana I'll give her a little peck and then I'll say to her I love you because I believe last words matter and so when it comes to the end of the day and we retire to go to sleep if I don't go to sleep as soon as my head hits the pillow which often it does I will say those words again I love you last words matter that's why from now until Easter we are listening to the last words that Jesus spoke while he was on the cross now if you're here last week you know that the last words that he spoke included these he said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing pretty important words especially when you remember that when he said father forgive them I am them and you are them do you feel that do, do you own that do, do you understand that you see if you do Then these next words that he spoke from the cross are nothing short of amazing, miraculous, and stunning. So if you would open your Bibles up where we were last week, Luke 23, 32. In fact, when you're finding that passage of Scripture, let me encourage you to find both Luke 23 and Luke 16, and we'll be in Luke 16 a a little later. We'll come back to it. While you're finding those passages, let me just introduce myself to you. If we've not yet met, I'm Kevin. I'm just one of the pastors here. And if we've not met, listen, I would love to meet you out in the Commons in the Next Step area after the service. Listen, Zach and Jessica did that very thing last week, and now I know them. And I want to know you as well. Now, another thing that you can do is fill out that digital Connect card. The bottom of that listening guide that you were handed when you came in there's a QR code you just scan that takes you to our program the top of the program is the digital um, connect card you click on that fill it out and if this is your first or second time to fill it out you're actually going to bless another ministry another organization in our community with an additional $10 gift just because you took the time to fill that out now before I read these last words from jesus i want to set the context you need to kind of understand the the context of what was happening when when jesus speaks these next words and and matthew and mark are the ones that kind of help us set the context mark puts it this way uh, when he's talking about the beginning of the crucifixion he says even the men who were crucified with jesus ridiculed him and then Matthew puts it like this even the two criminals crucified next to him joined in the mockery. Now we're ready to listen. Luke 23, beginning with verse 32. It says, two others, both criminals, were let out to be executed with him and when they came to the place called the skull they nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified one on his right and one on his left jesus said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he's really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself a sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals, hanging beside him, scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. Now let's just push pause right there because I want to make sure that you feel it, that you don't miss it. We just read where both of those criminals at the beginning of the crucifixion pile on and join in the mockery. You need to feel that and understand that because when you remember that and then you come to verse 39, it's kind of an aha moment. You come to verse 39, and it says, One of the criminals beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. Both of them are there. And so when you come to verse 39, the question is, well, if that's what one of them said, what about the other one? What does the other one say? And that's when we hear it in verse 40. It says this, But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me you come into your kingdom and Jesus replied I assure you today you will be with me in paradise listen those are the second last words that Jesus speaks from the cross now just to be clear just to be obvious I want to ask you, to whom did Jesus say those words? Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Well, Jesus said that to the other criminal, right? That's who. But I want you to know that Jesus was speaking to more than just him. In fact, today could be the day when Jesus speaks those same words to you in fact jesus offered to take this criminal on a journey to paradise and he extends the same offer to you and me and i'm not exaggerating this could be your story today in this very place you might not only hear those words but feel it in your soul I mean, think about this for a moment. What was it that was on this guy's to-do list at the beginning of the day when he woke up? There was only one thing on his to-do list. The only thing on his to-do list was to die, right? And listen, I doubt that he had a cup of coffee, and I don't think that the, the Roman centurions brought him flowers or anything like that. But really, when it came down to it, that's the only thing he needed to do, right? He was going to die. But then in a moment of completely unexpected grace, he hears, I assure you. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm not kidding. This is really going to happen today. Yes, on this dead end of a day, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Can uh, Can you imagine that? Listen, that word for him wasn't just for him. It is for all who come to faith in Jesus Christ so this really could be your day in fact I want you to know we've been planning for it today is what I like to call spontaneous baptism day now we've only done this a couple of times so let me me tell you what we're what we're doing before this day ends if you've not yet stepped into faith in Jesus Christ if you yet not yet followed him in believers baptism that could actually happen today. Now, I, I know. I know you didn't get up today and think, you know what? I think I'll just go to church, and I think I'll just sit in church, and who knows, maybe I will repent of my sin and confess faith in Jesus, and maybe today's a day that I can get me baptized. Now, I get it. You, you weren't thinking that way. But listen, I want you to know we were thinking that way for you. We were thinking of you. And listen, we have everything ready. We have water, it's heated. We have shorts and shirts and towels. We have people ready to talk with you through the decision. And listen, I know it sounds crazy, but listen, it is no crazier than this criminal on the cross being condemned to die who gets to hear the words, Today you will be with me in paradise. And I want you to know this could be your day in fact there may be some of you in here right now that even already you kind of feel this I don't know it's it's like it's a tug like it's a longing listen you need to know that's the Holy Spirit of God drawing you to Jesus Christ and I want to encourage you don't ignore him lean into that don't miss the opportunity because every one of us needs to know how is it that we journey from where you are right now to paradise and so let me take you on that journey and the first thing you need to understand is it begins in pain it begins in pain i'm sorry to tell you that but how else does a story about a crucified man begin other than it begins in pain and if you and i want to make a journey that jesus promised to paradise you also have to begin in pain. And specifically, the pain that I'm talking about is not the physical pain, it is the pain of sin. This guy was a sinner, no doubt about it. I mean, he began the day joining in with everybody else, hurling insults on Jesus. He and his buddy, his partner in crime, they both just pile on with everybody else. He curses, he condemns now you might be thinking well that was him but that's not me i'm not like this man at all and i get that but listen what i want to tell you is you and i have to put ourselves in his skin if we want to make that journey to paradise he was a sinner and he knew it he knew it just like his buddy listen to what he said again in verse 40 He looks at the other criminal and he says, Don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Do you see it? He understands. He gets it. That this death that he is facing, he deserves this. He can't blame anybody. He's the one who made the decision to put himself in this place and led him to the cross and more than that he knows he knows he is going to have to face god don't you fear god he asks you see this guy knew it he owned it so my question is what about you is that your story as well Listen, Romans 3.23 puts it like this. For everyone is sin and falls short of God's glorious standards. What that verse is telling us is that we all sin. You sin, I sin. We are all sinners. And listen, the truth is, we really don't need anybody to tell us that. We all know it experientially. And the problem with sin is that it does bring death. But this is where Jesus shows up. John 3:16 puts it like this for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus gave him self so you and I might live. He did the work of salvation. And then listen to the amazing grace that he extends to us. Romans 6:23 says for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you see what that verse says? It reminds us that sin separates me from God. That's the way sin always works in our lives. If you sin against a spouse sin separates you from that spouse if you sin against a friend that sin will separate you from a friend but spiritually theologically sin separates me from God and it begins to cut me off from God and when I cut myself off from God I've cut myself off from life look again at Romans six twenty three. it begins to talk about a wage now, you and I both know that a wage is something that we earn, right? Something that, that, that comes to us because of what we have earned. And what sin earns for me, what the wage is, is death. Not just physical death, but an eternal death. But the verse also talks about a gift. An undeserved, unearned, freely given, freely received gift and the gift is eternal life that comes to us from jesus christ that's grace god's grace is that jesus christ paid the penalty for our sin romans 5 8 puts it like this god showed his great love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were yet sinners Isn't that amazing to think about? That that's actually what was going on here on those crosses? Jesus is actually dying for this guy who's on the other cross that is dying, and that he did it not just for him, but that he does it for you, and he did it for me? Do you believe that? Have you owned your sin? Have you confessed that sin like this man did? Listen, confession is painful, but it's the path. To healing. Somebody put it like this I thought that confession would kill me, but instead, confession cured me. Listen, have you confessed your personal sin? I, I, I got to be honest, that's how it begins. The journey to paradise, it begins in pain, but then, secondly, it makes a turn. It makes a turn. And in verse 42, we get to watch this guy nailed to a cross make a turn then he said to jesus jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom do you see the turn that he made listen that's what repentance literally means repentance sounds like a big church word a bible word but what repentance means at its core is just turn around i'm going this direction and then you just turn around and you go the opposite direction that's what to repent means and that's what jesus actually preached from the very beginning of his ministry turn around matthew 4 17 says from then on jesus began to preach repent of your sins and turn to god for the kingdom of heaven is near repent and turn from day one till days were done there was one message that jesus kept preaching over and over again turn around turn around turn around you're headed the wrong way let me ask you have you ever been lost i mean really lost where where you didn't know where you were or how to get to where you were going you know it's kind of sad i think our our GPS on our phones has, has changed all of that now I know a lot of times those map apps they, they they might not work exactly right you know they get you close but it's still not quite there and and listen let's be honest a lot of times we think oh, I don't need that I know the way and and then those are the moments when we realize mm, maybe I didn't know the way and the, there's some confusion But even so, I think that we're really missing something with all this satellite-guided technology. And what we're missing is that we just really don't get totally lost like we used to. In fact, this week as I was thinking about that, a memory came to mind, childhood memory of a family vacation in which we just really got lost. Our family was going on vacation with our pastor and his family. And listen, I know what you are thinking. Wow, wouldn't it be awesome to go on vacation with a pastor and his family? You could at least nod your head like, like, like you believe that. Well, we were headed to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Now, if you don't know, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan is still pretty much pristine wilderness. Not a lot of people going to a cabin, they'd been loaned to the pastor and his family for a time away, never been there, we'd never been there, and he invited our family to go, and, and I don't remember what day we left, but I remember we had to leave after work, which meant it was a long day, and we did not even get to the area until after midnight sometime, and that's about the time that, that my pastor and, and my dad realized That they were lost and they didn't know how to get there and they're just out in the middle of nowhere trying to figure it out and so finally after wandering around for a while they, they did the only thing they could do they decided that they were gonna have to call the cabin owner in the middle of the night after midnight in hopes of getting some better instructions and lo and behold they finally found a phone booth now all you young folks are gonna have to ask some of the old folks what in the world is a phone booth but they found a phone booth and so in that phone booth the two of them are reviewing with the owner kind of the route that they'd been on some of the landmarks that they'd seen and, and the cabin owner finally asked them uh, when they described one of the turns they made he, he asked them he said let me ask you after you made that turn and you drove did you see a bar And the preacher and my deacon dad consulted together, and they agreed. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think we did. I think we we did see a bar. And the owner of the, the cabin told the preacher, he said, Come on, preacher, you should know. If you get to the bar, you've gone too far. Preacher humor. He thought it was so funny and my dad thought it was so funny and let me tell you that's still a line that has been transmitted down in our family if you get to the bar you've gone too far and you should know it but you know what they did after that they just turned around and they went the other way they went back and they figured out where they had missed the turn listen repentance simply means recognize you're lost stop and turn around and go the other way have you ever made a wrong turn from God in your life and all of a sudden you realize you're farther away from him than you ever thought was possible and he's not with you and you're not walking with him well friend when you find yourself at that place All you got to do is stop and turn around and go the other way. You repent. And listen, you need to understand there's some urgency to this. In in fact, in Luke chapter 16, that that other passage, Jesus is telling a parable about two guys that died. And and, and I'm not going to read all of it, but let me tell you about the parable. A parable about two men, both die, both find themselves in eternity, one of them is actually in paradise it's described in the parable as he is he's at the side of Abraham and oh my he he's blessed he's made the journey that this other guy on the cross is about to make but the other man well he's described as he's in Hades or Sheol the place of the dead Jesus described it as a place of torment and agony and so this guy who ended up going the wrong way in the parable he pleads for some kind of relief but he's so listen you need to understand that at this point there is this this vast chasm that's dividing and there's no way for you to cross where you are to where you want to be and, and nobody can come from here and go to you in other words he was told you just need to understand you missed the opportunity you didn't turn around when you had the opportunity and then this is what I want you to hear This guy who ends up not where he wanted to be. Out of compassion and hope for his family, he makes this plea. And in Luke 16, beginning with verse 17, this is what Jesus says. He says, then the rich man, he's the guy that went the wrong way, Then the rich man said, Well, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. And the rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone was sent to them from the dead then they will repent of their sins and turn from God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Even if someone rises from the dead. Even if Jesus rose from the grave. Some won't believe. Some won't make the turn. Some won't respond. But listen, that doesn't have to be your story. That's why Jesus, even in the last moments of his life, was doing exactly what he told us he would do. He was seeking And he was saving those who were lost. And the truth is, today could be your day. Would you make the turn? Would you repent of sin? Would you turn to Jesus? It begins in pain. Confession is painful. It should be painful. But you confess and recognize what you have done. And then secondly, you make the turn, which means you just recognize what Jesus has done, and you repent. And thirdly, then today, you step into grace. When that man, that criminal, who was on the cross beside Jesus, when he opened his eyes that very last morning of his life, all he was expecting was he was going to die. But something happened in his heart that day. And even on the sinner's cross, he felt this tug from God and he dared to make a request of Jesus when he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. There's so much in his words. When he said Jesus, he wasn't just saying the name. You see, the name of Jesus means literally that the Lord saves. And what he was doing was trusting Jesus to do for him what he could not do for himself, and in a sense, what he was saying, save me. And then he said, when you come into your kingdom, well, who has a kingdom? A king. That's who has a kingdom. And so he was saying... You are the king. You are the Lord. So let me ask you, have you done that? Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? And have you acknowledged that he's your king, that he's your Lord? Listen, the Bible makes it so clear. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Four, it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And that's what we want to do today, is give you an opportunity to do that very thing. To just trust Jesus. Just like the man on the criminal's cross who discovered that your life and your future could change forever in just a moment. that's why we extend to you an opportunity today to even declare that faith through baptism now i know some of you might be thinking now wait a minute what does baptism have to do with it because let's just be honest this guy didn't get dunked and you're right he didn't you know jesus didn't interrupt the crucifixion turn to the soldiers and say hey we're going to have to push pause here. Got to crawl down off this cross. We have some business that needs to take place. And then we'll get back up here and finish dying. Now, he didn't do that. Not at all. But don't miss what did happen on that cross. This man publicly declared, I'm all in with Jesus. And then he died with Jesus. And do you realize? That's what the baptismal waters are all about it is a picture of dying with Christ just like this man it is a picture of the promise of eternity in paradise with Christ that's why when we baptize we baptize by immersion in other words we dunk you you're going all the way under because it is a picture of Dying to self, being laid in the grave, and then being raised to new life. And everyone who puts faith in Jesus is called to the baptismal waters. Jesus was the one who demanded it. He said this, some last words. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And like I said earlier, I know. You probably didn't come here today thinking maybe today was the day. But I want you to think about this. Maybe God was thinking that today is the day when he would draw you to himself. Listen, are you all in? are you ready to pass through the waters listen the baptism isn't the end goal it's just the beginning today's about making a turn and starting with jesus and i just want you to know if you've never passed through the waters today could be your day and you need to know that life is always short opportunities are just a moment so friends i would just say to you don't wait and don't miss it if god's spirit's tugging at your heart you just respond to that and begin following him and he'll fill in all the blanks as you go and listen parents i know you got some little ones in here and man their hearts are always so tender and they're always eager and ready to respond this is what i would say to you we're not going to hurry anybody into baptism especially children but listen if your parents if your kids are like i want to go why don't you just come with them if nothing more it's just a way of saying listen as you begin this journey towards jesus i want you to know i'm going to be at your side the whole way and you begin a process with them we're going to have a time of response during the next couple of songs. I'm going to invite pastors and elders to be here at the front. They'll be delighted to talk with you. But right now, if you would, let's just, let's just assume a posture of prayer. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes, and let me just continue to talk to those of you that may be feeling that tug today. And listen, you're the only one who knows if you are. And this is what I want to say to you. If Jesus could save a sinner like this man on that criminal's cross at the last possible moment, Jesus could save you today. And the way it happens, like we heard it in the book of Romans, is if you openly declare, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And so in a minute I'm going to say a prayer out loud and you can actually repeat this prayer to God silently in your seat and just begin that journey today. You could pray something like this. God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need Jesus. And I feel that tug in my heart and life today and so once and for all I want to accept the gift of Jesus Christ I believe in my heart and I confess to you God that I believe Let me just ask you, did you pray that prayer today for yourself? If you did, I'm going to ask you to do something kind of bold. Nobody else is looking, just me. But if you prayed that prayer today for yourself for the first time, if you would, would you just lift your hand up high where I can see that so that I can rejoice? Rejoice over you. Thank you. Now, if you raise your hand, let me ask you to do one other thing. Nobody's looking. Would you just look up at me? You raised your hand. Just look at me and let's lock eyes together. All right. In a moment, we're going to sing what I want to ask you to do is just to take that first step begin to respond follow as the Spirit leads you you make your move and if you'll follow Him He'll take you through the waters of baptism and I promise this day for you will be one that you never forget and friends listen baptism is just one way to make a move today there are others in this room where you're you're struggling with sin. You're headed in a direction, and you just know that it's, it's got a grip on you. I just want to plead with you today that you would repent, that you would turn, that you would be healed of that, that you would be set free. This altar is going to be open. You could come and share that need in your life or you could just come and pour out your heart to the Lord. But let me ask you, when the, when the Spirit tugs, learn to follow Him and to take that next step and watch what He unfolds before you. So now let's pray. God, we thank You. We thank You in advance for what You are doing in the lives of every person in this room. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me invite you to stand, and then let me invite you to come on, to come home, to come to Jesus. You choose paradise. Make your way from where you are to here at the front. Let's worship.